0: Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw, episode number 70, the moustaches, they're coming along. I was trying to do that Thierry Henry thing, do you know where he's like? Do lip quiver. I can't do it. Um, but yeah, the, the moustaches visuals. are coming along guys, episode 70. Come on. We're nearly at 100, that's mad. And um, yeah, it's been an amazing weekend of football, but before we get into the football, if you do want to donate to our November cause... Uh, everything you need to know is down below. And uh, watch this little clip. It's Movember, baby! Here on Board Draw, we're supporting a different kind of match this year. A match between men and their mental health. Globally, three out of every four suicides are men. That's why we're doing Movember this year. As guys, we're not always great at speaking our minds and telling our mates how we feel. It's all about creating a safe space
1: where we feel comfortable to tell our pals how we feel and seek help when needed. If you want to support Movember through us, check out the links in our descriptions follow us on our socials we'll be putting out loads of Movember content just to raise awareness for such an important cause shout out Movember mate
0: shout
1: out Movember the QR code and we're back Bosh, I feel yeah. like right now I look like if there was like a Netflix documentary on like a serial killer before he became like the serial killer that's what I look like right now
0: we just look like our sort of like if we worked in a cartel maybe yeah I don't like it but yeah. Here we are. It's all for a good cause. But this is this is uh, day six. Day so. six. The growth is real. So it's it's. Not, I it, I thought it could be worse. It could be worse.
1: Talking of exponential growth. Shout out to the five thousand
0: subscribers sitting 5, and watching. Five thousand. Come strong. on. That nuts. That's um, nuts. Yeah, we were literally at like a thousand at the beginning of October, and we're on the sixth of November. And What's we're growing quicker. 000. Our moustaches or our subscriber count. Very I know nice. which one I, I I like more. Yeah, um, hold your horses. This is an emergency addition to the podcast. We recorded everything you're about to see after this segment on Monday 6th before the events transpired at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium between uh, Tottenham and Chelsea in a game which blew by far minds and the collective minds of probably every football fan around the world. Uh, It was a game with, I think, like 10 different VAR interventions. There were, what, four or five disallowed goals. It was mental. There were two sending-offs. Big game. The greatest game of the season so far. Easily. And perhaps the greatest game in VAR's history, in terms of how many interventions there were. But um, we're, of course, talking about Tottenham 1, Chelsea 4, and um, Roz, well, kick us off. Talk to us about the start of the game, Kulisevsky getting on the score sheet. Tottenham's unbeaten run is over. We love to see it. Nah, I'm
1: joking. Um, Spurs started off the game good. I think this isn't outlandish to say. If there was no red cards and the game was played how the first ten, fifteen minutes was, before the Udogi challenge, which we'll get onto. Because that was kind of like we was we speaking about the Havertz challenge, and that kind of like kickstarted the Arsenal versus Newcastle game. The U- Udogi challenge in this game kind of just kickstarted the the fire that was brewing in this game. But before that, Spurs were all over Chelsea, and I think it's not outlandish to say that if the game stayed like that, Spurs would have battered Chelsea, in my opinion, because Chelsea were terrible this whole game, and. Spurs were electric. The first quarter of an hour, best performance I've seen in a while. Oh, here he is. Um, <laughs> and so I think, yeah, the Udoki challenge kind of kickstarted the game, but that first quarter of an hour where Spurs scored the goal and then got another one disallowed, electric football from Spurs.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That Kulusevski goal was just attacking, transitioning to perfection um, they had they had Chelsea's number in that first sort of ten fifteen minutes. Um, could have obviously scores. I think Son had one disallowed. Yeah, um, and then we have a event where up the pitch. I think Romero and is it Colwell? Yeah, Clash?
1: this was just after the Udogi challenge. So yeah, the Udogi so... challenge. Did you see the Udogi challenge?
0: Yes. Where oh yeah, you... sorry. So the Udogi challenge. Yep. Yeah. So he sort of did the same thing that haberts did. Where Defo worse. Yeah, it, was, was, more it of a, was worse.
1: More of a two footer. He won the ball completely, which um Neville was saying in commentary was his like saving grace, because if he didn't get the ball at all, that's a straight red. Neville was actually on one this game. Every tackle he was like oh,
0: just kind of like shit himself. shut him up. Yeah, Between he was him on and Carragher, they were just kept falling back on the fact that they were great defenders and that they couldn't get away with these challenges. And it, yeah. it's fair enough. I mean they're gonna know, obviously more than we do as uh, uh, couch pundits, but never for me it was dangerous. He was lucky to get away with a yellow card for that, um, but it sort of did kick uh, kick into action the the sort of ferocity yeah. in the game where there wasn't really it wasn't really there before. We saw a event up the pitch where Romero kicks out at uh, Levi oh. Colwell. yeah, off the ball, literally completely up the other end of the pitch. It's a, it's a very menial kick. He doesn't really do any damage. But yeah. But Cole will take the opportunity and goes down. Um, and for me, I was saying not- that like,
1: there was no excessive force. It was more um, petulance rather than excessive violence, which but, I get. But like,
0: So you what, you can, can go around like, flicking like people's ears on the pitch and like, just walk around him like a little titty twister. Come on. Do you know what I mean? Around, them, like on, you know I mean? like, like That's not excessively again. violent, but when, yeah. like, it's off the ball. Yeah. You're meant to be and at the end of the day, like you're a role model Yeah, This game's being televised to hundreds of thousands of people. Could be kids watching that, they think it's okay to do it in the Sunday League game or something. Yeah. It's petulant, it's stupid, and like, why are we why are we not
1: punishing players for this? He's a bozo, mate. And it's like mental that no one in the Spurs team kind of looked at him after he did that and was like, calm down, we're dominating this game. Last thing we need is Udogi's just got off of a potentially red card tackle. He's got off lightly. Last thing we need is you go in and get red carded. And you're 1-0 up. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, it's nuts.
0: Yeah, for me, Spurs were the Masters their own downfall this game. Um, we'll move on to the challenge. Cause, so, Kaiselo scores, doesn't he? That that whole passage of
1: play is nuts. Where like, So, no, at this point... And Sterling already scored, but he, like, handballed it. Oh, yes, handballed that was it. in the Romero tackle thing, I think, where it, like they went back and he, like, handballed it for the goal. But, yeah, the Saicedo goal, he kind of shoots. It goes through Thiago Silva's legs. And um, so they use Thiago Silva to say that Vicario can't see the passage of the ball. So they disallow it. But before Saicedo gets the ball... Um I think Van de Ven's made a tackle and Romero's made a tackle in the box. The Romero tackle is mental. Where do you stand on it? I'm seeing a lot of people say he won the ball which he did. Um but the follow through is in my opinion nuts. Like Yeah,
0: it, for me it's it's dangerous and it's uncontrolled. I know he wins the ball. Yeah. But I think it's excessive force in that in that scenario. It's not it's not a controlled winning of the ball. You can win the ball, but it's and you don't have to win the ball cleanly every time. But he is swiping through that, and it for me is it's so high up. I, I don't like well. it because I don't I I don't want to be at a point where we're taking away where you can win the ball with hard tackles, but cleanly. But you've yeah. got to get it right. And I yeah, think 100%. if VAR don't send him off for this and don't award the penalty, it sets a very dangerous precedent for the rest of the teams in the Premier League.
1: Yeah. 100%. Um,
0: but yeah, for me, they've got to protect the players. They've got to... And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And at it's that dangerous. point,
1: the Spurs players had absolutely lost their heads as well. Like t- tackles are flying in. The heat of the game was like at an all-time high. And like, I think someone needed to get sent off to kind of calm everybody down because there was tackles flying in. And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, like someone's going to break a leg here. And Romero was losing his call. Cole will he got subbed off at half-time because he completely lost his nut. So yeah, it was a it was a mental one.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, obviously, Chelsea go on to score from that penalty. Cole Palmer getting his, what, his like fifth goal of the season or something.
1: Yeah, I think so, something like that.
0: But um, yeah, it went from bad to worse for Spurs who. Lost uh, Mickey van der Ven to a hamstring injury and then also Nuts. lost um, James Madison for an ankle problem, um, which was, I think, before halftime.
1: Yeah, it's a nightmare for Spurs because I've seen a lot of people say that Spurs are good as long as they've got their start in 11. Their depth is terrible. And so to lose four starters this game, their next few fixtures are going to be ones to watch, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I think they ended the game with three outfield players that started the game on the pitch. I think uh, Porro, Basuma and Son. Son, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it's, it was a nightmare. It was it, it was just a complete mess from minute fifteen onwards for them. And to be to be honest, they it was completely down to their own doing. They got egged yeah. into it by Chelsea. They fell apart, which is surprising. I didn't expect that from an Ange team. But they went down to like 10 men and they kept up the press. They were still pressing high, which I respect. They went down to nine men and they were still doing it. But there was Nuts. one man who I want to talk about who I thought, even though he could see four goals, was absolutely outstanding. Oh, yeah, let's I talk way. about him. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. I he, mean, you, I didn't think
1: you he had me. that kind of sweeper keeper vibe in him. I thought he was just yeah. a good shot stopper, pretty un unexciting. But yeah, no, he was actually really good. Yeah, you, um, you've
0: um, you been a little bit hesitant. Hater, to, to say story. the least. <laughs> and you texted me last night during the game. He said, this Vicario is good. And for 17 million, yeah, he's it, it, proved to be a shrewd bit of business. it would be interesting to see how they go on from here with him. Um, but yeah, like you say, going on to their next couple of games, I don't actually know who they've got, but like they're lucky. I think they've got Wolves next great.
1: and then... They've got a big game. It might be Newcastle. Is it
0: Wolves than Newcastle? Oh, I'll I'll try and find out. But they've got um international break after the Wolves game, which could be Save them a little here. bit of relief for the, the likes of Mickey van der Ven and James Madison. Um they've got Aston Villa at oh. home on the twenty sixth, followed by Man City away. So yeah, this could games. be it could spell trouble for them. We could see them. We spoke about this before. It'd be interesting to see how Spurs perform after they hit a speed bump in their sort of season. It's all well and good when you're flying, but then you've got to see how you can react to defeat and to advert the adversity that Premier League throws at you. Two Um, things I want to talk
1: about. The high line. Where do you stand on this high line? Because I put a poll out on the board draw socials. Check it out. Um, Was it stupid or was it kind of commendable to stick to your game plan? Because the entire second half, Chelsea pretty much played 45 minutes of just a training ground drill where everybody starts on the halfway line and the attacking team just have to pass it about and wait for an offensive opening and then they all attack and everybody runs towards the goal. And I just... I tweeted it as well. I was saying Spurs are so lucky that Chelsea are shit because any semi-competent team would see that the the high line was mental. You, all you got to do is pass it about for a bit, suck them in and then knock it over the top, which Chelsea did about three times. It got them three goals. But it's mental that it took them so long to kind of break this Tottenham team down.
0: Yeah, for me, Chelsea were really poor. So bad. Really, really poor. Um, I think Tottenham ended the game with like Hoiberg and Dyer as their centre back pairing, which is mental. Yeah, the high line. I respected it when they went down to ten men because you could still do it. You could still perform. They took up Brennan Johnson and bought Dyer yeah. on, which was you fine. even saw they had quite a lot of chances with the ten men and the nine men. They had a it, couple of chances. Just goes, like... just, mate Eric Dyer, that finish yeah. for the uh, disallowed goal, at wild. The unbelievable finish. I felt sorry for him because <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were reviewing it and they were like, did Benzikor head it onto the Chelsea player? Yeah. Or, but yeah, and it was close as well. Kukurea, I think, yeah, or something. Yeah, was so close. Was I was, like, I was
1: sitting in bed like, Jesus Christ, I've actually gone and fucking scored the winner here. But, um,
0: but but yeah, for me, I respected it and then it went down to nine men. They kept it up and I thought, this isn't the plan now. You've got you a you can drop the line a bit. You don't have to completely sit it off. It was literally
1: a- on the halfway
0: line. It was mental. And you've got Dyer and uh, Hoiberg who have Slowest nothing in donks. the tank. They yeah. they have no legs, that are, or like any speed between them. And you've got the likes of Raheem Sterling, Highland Mudrick on the pitch, yeah. like. It's not going to happen. Like, you're just, you're, you're asking for trouble. Nicholas Jackson is fortunate that he had about 400 opportunities. <laughs> He's, He's a donkey. He's probably so the worst, bad, mate. He might be the worst striker to score a hat-trick in the Premier League ever. <laughs> Genuinely. rubbish.
1: I feel he like is, I could have played up front in that game. All you had to do is just wait for a through ball and time your right uh, run right, and you're in every single time. It was mental
0: that it took him so long to break him down. Mate, it was, yeah, it was unreal. I, I don't really have anything else to say on it. Tottenham are going to be in trouble for the next few games if they don't have Madison, Romero, Van de Ven, Udogi, four of their highlight players this season. I'd yeah. argue that um, Van de Ven and Madison have been their two best players this season. Yeah, I agree. Even behind, like, I mean, like Son's obviously been electric, Basuma's had a resurgent season, Udogi's been a starlet. But for me, yeah, it's, it's they're in trouble now, and it'd be it'd be telling to see. But they're lucky they've got the likes of um, Bentacore back. That could yeah. be uh, a nice little switchman style. Maybe play a little bit more possession based in this um, high press that they've gone for. Yeah, um, I um, agree. But, but did they're you losing see McTarderson? Um, oh yeah, did you see he's having like a pubic um, surgery? I didn't know that was the uh, the case. I didn't know it was pubic, but yeah, all right. Sweet. Yeah, what
1: did you think of uh, Ange's post-match um, press conference saying that um, managers try and find ways to bend the rules? We should uh, kind of let the officials do the officiating, and managers should kind of steer clear.
0: I agree with him to an extent, and I thought I think I agree with the onus from what he's trying to say. But the part I disagree with is like we have to hold people accountable for their decisions. Yeah, I agree. And they're not they're not just they're not just anyone. They're not like that this is their job, and they've made changes to the game that weren't entirely ital- popular. People were calling VAR, and the people weren't calling VAR. It was sort of a mixed sort of decision. Um, But we have to hold people accountable for their bad decisions, and it's fair enough. I thought VAR was actually really good last night, and I agree yeah. with what he's saying, is that we've got to show the referee some respect, because at the end of the day, if we don't do that, it's going to end up being officiated by someone 400 miles away. I agree. I think my two cents on Angie's statement is
1: that it's very easy to back the referees when you get all the decisions. In my opinion, like you said, the VAR was quite good that game. Spurs were lucky. They could have had a red card before Udogi got sent off. Um, They could have had a red card before Romero got sent off. And then Chelsea's goal got disallowed. They got a lot of decisions in their favour. Spurs also got the decision um against Liverpool to win them that game. So Spurs haven't really this season under Ange been on the wrong end of like a VAR decision. Like this game they got piped 4 1. It could have been more. There's nothing really Ange can say against VAR. I'd be I'll be interested to see down the line if there's a game where it's literally like one make or break decision makes makes Spurs lose the game. One make or break VAR decision loses Spurs the game I'd be interested to see his reaction then
0: yeah awesome well guys we thank you for listening to this little interruption we're going to go straight back to your regularly scheduled podcast but yeah this weekend was an amazing weekend of football a lot of upsets don't want to talk about it the uh, the equilibrium that's the end of the podcast thanks for listening guys yeah it was oh mate as a neutral I enjoyed it
1: yeah so we're talking about the Newcastle Arsenal game um it was a game of... It was intense. There yeah. Was a, there was a lot of intensity in that game. It was a different game to the Arsenal-Man City game, which was also a 1-0, but that was kind of like a tactical... That was like a chess game.
0: This was like a fucking mosh pit. This was a game. battle of grit and determination.
1: It was less tactics and more just physicality and kind of just... Yeah, Who who would want it more... Refereeing decisions.
0: Well, yeah, it was a bit of a. If you if you go to Saint James's Park Rock and, and you roll. get you get drawn into a game of physicality and a, and a proper battle, you have to do the most to win because mm. it, nine times out of ten you're going to lose that. Yeah, we saw it happen um, to PSG. Facts. We saw it like, if you get drawn into it. That Saint James's crowd, uh, park crowd, gets on you. And then you're battling the uphill as well, mate. That two-metre that two meter hill, that's heavy on yeah. your
1: legs. I'm going to say, everything that I say in this podcast is through Arsenal-tinted glasses. So take it with a pitch of Don't salt. Don't
0: worry, I'm here, I'm here <laughs> as the great equaliser. Yeah,
1: come on. But yeah, this game was very rock and roll. If uh, the Arsenal City game was a nice classical number, this was rock and roll, mate. Yeah. This is rock and roll football. And I think it all stemmed, because the game was kind of placid. It was simmering. It was placid. But you could tell there was an undercurrent of kind of someone wants to chin someone, and then Kai Havertz put in a pretty rowdy tackle, and I think that's where this whole game kind of just exploded. Exploded. The tackle in itself is a bad one; it's a yellow card. The one on long Yeah, yeah. It's a yellow card, nothing more. I like people that are using the freeze frame. Sky Sports use this actual freeze frame where it looks like um, Havertz's like tackling leg. Is like seven miles up Shane Longstaff uh, Sean Longstaff's leg, and ready to break it. When actually, if you watch the game, that leg doesn't even make contact. It's the trailing leg that takes out Sean Longstaff.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest though, he, Go on, hit me, hit me. It's it's an unnecessary challenge. It is in that part of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think if it, if it's it, if you get given a red card as your on field decision, I don't think it gets overturned because for me. It's, it's unnecessary, it no, is. regardless of whether he makes contact or not. It, does he have to break Sean Longstaff's leg or ankle to be get given a red card? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Let's put a pin in the unnecessary comment, because I'm going to reuse that one later
1: for point two I've got over here. But yeah, so that tackle kind of started the eruption, mm-hmm. the volcanic eruption that was this game. I think that game, uh, that tackle... Kai Havertz obviously got the yellow for the tackle. And then three Newcastle players also got booked for yeah. getting in the referee's all,
0: grill. All three, which I had none of them, my like, to get booked bet. Same. Like, I had such a good bet. I was like, oh yeah, Jorginho
1: will get booked. Oh yeah, bloody Ben White will get booked. But none of them got booked. But there was about 17 yellow cards in this game.
0: Yeah, it was everyone but the ones I yeah. picked, which is great. Um, But yeah, the, the tackle was sort of, we saw it in the Liverpool game last season where that Jacker tackle on Trent is what got Liverpool crowd up and go in, and then point, yeah. put Arsenal on the back foot for the majority of the game. Same thing happened here. Mm. Perhaps to a lesser extent, but um, the tackle, in point. my opinion, was reckless and unnecessary. But I feel like for the good of the game, maybe we should be happy that it wasn't a red card. Yeah. Because otherwise the game would have been a m- bigger stinker than it even was. Kai Verz, I thought, had quite a good game, but we'll get on to that after. The next point in the game, which caused a lot of controversy... And this is, I think...
1: Uh, Goal aside, this, I think, is a bigger kind of VAR and PGMOL tragedy than the actual goal. Bruno Gumaresh, who the whole game was... He was on one. Lost his head yeah. the moment that Kai Havertz tackle went in. I think he got booked for complaining in that tackle. And then he went squared up to Declan Rice, got him by the throat and threw him on the floor. And then literally a couple... that Nothing happened there. And then a couple minutes later... Dashed Jorginho and then as Jorginho was getting up, fucking elbowed him in the back of the head.
0: For me, Bruno was, regardless of the elbow, lucky to stay on the pitch. Mate, he, he had about four challenges that should have been he to w- red. And for me, it's unnecessary. Un- that's it. Let's re. Put in yeah, the- no, we have to we have to be fair, and yeah. we can't be hypocrites here. If it, the law, of the, the law of the game, that is, it's unnecessary. It's off the ball. Yeah, it's. Got, it's not even in play. No, it's, it's, it, and he catches him in the back of the head. It's no—he knows what he's it's, doing. Clearly not accidental. Yeah, it's exactly not. That. It's not like um, was it Mane who got sent off like an yeah. accidental turn? Oh, like Son or someone. I can't remember. Yeah, there's and been like, a couple happens. of like accidental ones, but this one—he like moves his hand to Jorginho's head. Yeah, it's it's clear and it's obvious, and I don't really know why. Yeah, that's not been at least it's a yellow for me. I don't know if it's. As endangering as a Kai Havertz tackle, but at least Kai Havertz tackle has some context. The ball's in play; he's going for, he's making a tackle on a player. This is, this off, is the completely ball. off the By ball. By the
1: f the PGMOL law, this is a red card. It's what is it? Violent misconduct. And that is it. He, it doesn't matter the force that's used. Doesn't matter bish bash bosh. He's raised. But if his he done arm it, at at it in the moment. face, and not the back of the head. Does this get given as a red? Back of the head is arguably worse. Have you seen the stories of people who get hit in the maybe back of the head? A hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: and like, yeah, it's uh, it is. But like, maybe it's because it's less, like less sort of like obvious. Yeah. It? But yeah, for me, that's uh, also a red card, and I think both teams should have been down to ten men within the first half. And that would have been spicy.
1: But let's move on to the, the main talking point. point, which is what's got Arteta's
0: knickers in a twist. Anthony, what's your, what's your as your as an Arsenal fan? Give me your play-by-play opinion. I would like to say I do like how it. I think it took four minutes and like thirty seconds for this to go from the point of being a decision being the goal going in, and then the decision being made when to give it. I think it was like four and a half minutes nearly. So but mad. there was three. There were three instances which were reviewed by VAR. Yeah. I do like how they shouted out what was going on at the time in the stadium. Mm. We knew that they were checking first for out of play, then on offside a foul, then offside. Yeah which was good, but a little bit of transparency there. But as an Arsenal fan, talk me through it.
1: Right. So the ball seems to go out.
0: Um, Joe Willock keeps it in. Let's talk about that one then. Let's just phrase this as well. Let's just clarify. The on-field decision straight away was a goal. Yes. So VAR would have been attempted to find evidence to overturn that decision.
1: Yes. That's a good point. So they couldn't prove that the ball went out of play. The angle that is going around on Twitter, it looks out of play from that angle, but obviously ball is a sphere, and you've seen a million people do like the, oh, the, this looks... a tape. Yeah, it's just like, oh, fucking... Everybody knows how a sphere works, apparently, but... Your opinion? Is it out of play? I don't know. Nobody can know. Fine. My, so my that, opinion is, how the fuck in the modern day can we not have a camera angle that makes
0: that ball I don't even think you need a camera angle. You just the lasers that they use for the goal line technology... Why can't they extend that around yeah. the borders of the pitch? Because like, what... I understand that you can't have like little like diodes popping up out of the pitch because mm. they're like a hazard if someone like falls on it or trips on it. But you definitely could. You could definitely have a camera yeah. set up so like you could have cameras around the perimeter or, like of the stadium or somewhere that you, you can use. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Or like you literally have cameras that just focus from the line to the goal. Yeah, you'd be able to tell a hundred percent of the time. And
1: another one. This kind of leads into another one of the points. It's like how can we in the best league in the world, which is what Arteta's saying not have the most complete technology. Because if we move later on, so let's say Joe Willock keeps his ball in. He dribbles to the edge of the box. I don't know how no Arsenal player is pressing him. He, he dribbles like unchallenged into the box and then dinks the ball over
0: David Raya, pretty poor from Davi Raya. He flaps at it, doesn't he? And and then... Are you moving on to the next point already? Yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted to say, we've, saw, we've seen instances of when the ball looks to be out of play. Mm. Like, I, I believe Matoma in the World Cup, there was a point where yeah. he kept it in, and that looks well out of play. We've seen it before. The Marcus Rashford one, mm. I think, is more obvious mm. than this. This one we have like a really bad angle. Yeah, and because there is no clear and conclusive evidence and to say that so it's out of play, yeah. you go with the attack. Then you have to go, you go with the on decision. Yeah, you have to decision. go with the on decision. And it's so, so poor.
1: Like it is my my grievance on that one isn't with. Um, the decision it's with like the lack of technology yeah
0: yeah and I think that's where a lot of Arteta's comments which we'll get onto are yeah. misconstrued but we move on to the second phase of this VAR debacle dinks it over David Raya and
1: then behind David Raya is Gabriel like stooping down to hederick Clear and Joe uh, Joe Linton behind him pushing him in the back Let's just, can we put a footnote on David Raya because I want to come back to him in a minute yeah let's come back to that clown um so, yeah, Joe Linton pushing Gabriel in the back. Do you mm. think it's a foul? Because I do.
0: I think I've watched this a lot, actually. I I bookmarked it on my um, Twitter for today. Yeah. And I've watched it. I was sat just watching this. And for me, if I watch it from two different angles, even in slow motion where fouls look worse, I think Gabriel's diving for the header first. Yeah, yeah, he like he's, he's diving for the header and I think he misses the header
1: mm.
0: I think he misses the header but does he miss the header because he's got hands on his back I don't I, for me I don't think it's a, like you don't see the force of the push like it looks like he's just got his arm on the back of him which isn't a foul it's not like any contact mm. for me and I, I if Gabriel stays on his feet and doesn't make the header he stops that ball
1: hmm
0: so for me I don't think it's a foul. I think you'd be very unlucky to have that. It's not it's not a clear and obvious error. Yeah, I, I think get that. In real time it looks it, it you like you're going to see it from whatever team you're supporting on the yeah. day. For me as a neutral, I think it'd be worse a worse decision for that to be overturned to overturn the obvious decision because of that than it is to have carried on how they went for it. Interesting. I I I think you can look at that from both ways, but for me, I don't personally think it's a foul. I think Gabriel's diving; his legs, both his feet are off the floor. Mm. If he's pushed, you put like a foot forward. to, I, I know what you're saying like if he's mid air already and then he's pushed, but you'd see that like somewhat. His body mm. doesn't arch forward; he's he's flat, and he, his body's like a like a pencil. He misses it. Mm. He misses the ball, and Joe Lenton almost like handballs it accidentally. Handballs next it. point: Does he handball it?
1: the view of the ball is obstructed. Which is another issue. Like, how can... How can there be goal line technology? How can there be a fourth official on the line or a fifth official, whoever it is? And the view of... Because then that leads into the offside decision. They can't conclusively say
0: that Anthony Gordon's on or offside. Well, he... Because he's... The ball is obstructed by Gabriel, which is obstructed by Linton. So you you can never tell. But that's the reason it's not been given... It's not been overturned because the evidence is not clear and obvious. For me... The goal should have stood. The on-field decision was correct. But we will never know. We but will if never we're overturning know. things because we think it might be offside, or we think he's made a, he's fouled, or we think the ball was out of play, then we, we've we literally just reduced it to a game of guesswork, yeah, which is what 100%. we had before. But I think if, even if, the, if we had no VAR, that goal's given. I think that goal is given. Yeah, because it was given anyway. Yeah, I can see And what you there'll be circumstances, and it's very easy to feel hard done by when it happens, and you lose a game of this magnitude. But there'll be there'll be times this season where it will go for you,
1: mm. not for Arsenal. Yeah, of course it will, <laughs> no, mate. I'm of course it will.
0: But yeah, we'll move on quickly to Arteta's point. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Arteta said, "Oh, he went out. He went out on a, a banger, and he said that PGML are a disgrace. How can this be the uh, best league in the world?" When we don't have the best referees and the best officials and the best
0: system, where do you stand on his rant? I agree. I think the standard of refereeing is very poor. Uh, Aaron Allen Shearer today on the Rest of Football Podcast said that the occasion was too big for the referee. Yeah, I agree. I think he. I, I think booking three Newcastle players for in that one interlude was ridiculous. Um. And yeah, I just think he let the game spiral. Mm. A a top referee within that first incident or the Havertz tackle would have dealt with it in a much more decisive Mm. and controlled manner. Um, But I think there's a great layer of hypocrisy about Arteta's comments. Oh, talk to me. How do you go from four weeks ago, five weeks ago, the statements he made about the Liverpool de- uh, the decision in the Liverpool Spurs game saying that this is just part of it and sort of like the, re- the referees aren't trying to ruin the game it, they're going to be mistakes it's human error we have to accept these things to so then saying and I know what his point is he's saying well we're playing the best league in the world why can't we have all the technology we shouldn't have these issues which is which is a point but how how do you go from that to, to from saying that we must accept these errors yeah to No, I totally agree. see what you mean. It's
1: is obviously a case of I think everybody just loses objectivity when it's their team,
0: and especially when it's a game. It's not it's not like they're playing. No offense, but Sheffield United. Yeah, this is this is this is a top four potentially title challenge. Yeah.
1: So, and another thing I want to talk about. I've got a couple more things I want to get through in this game. On the refereeing decisions, Arsenal against Man City, Kovacic should have been sent off. But we don't talk about that because Arsenal won the game. Mm-hmm. Do we talk about the refereeing decisions in this game? If it's would Arteta rant if Arsenal win this game? Like, say the goal stood, but we scored two more. No, he wouldn't. No, I don't think you would.
0: So but... we
1: said it, it's a fickle game, and.
0: Maybe everybody I thought, I, needs to... I don't to... think people can be too harsh on Arteta because it's is hypocrisy. No. Obviously, like fans... And they biblical, caught him in the heat at the moment. And Man United and City and Tottenham are going to call him <laughs> out on it because that's just what they do. Mm. The bit that I hated the most was that Arsenal came out and then said, they had to put out a club statement. Yeah, the club statement's a bit It was tin parts yeah. as anything. To come out and say, we back the manager, are fine. But you don't really need to say that because we know you're going to back your manager. You're not going to come out and go what is Mikel saying? Mm. And then for them to be like, we, accept, we expect an apology from PGMOL. Well, the evidence is there in front of you. It's not clear. It's not obvious. Mm. It is what it is. You, it, it sucks to lose games like this. But also, you had the chance on that pitch to score a goal, but you didn't. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of people say that,
1: well, oh, um, Arsenal were so poor that even if the goal didn't stand, they would have got nothing out of this game anyway. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to complain about it, though. Just because you played yeah, the game no, and agreed, you were poor, agreed. you're not allowed to complain about the officials. Because that's irrelevant. That is
0: kind of like you're taking on like a 12th man at this point. The game changes the whole dynamic, whether a goal stands or not. If VAR intervene and send Havertz off, intervene and send Bruno off, there's too many ifs, spots and maybe You can only deal with what's put on the table. Yes. So
1: I've got two more things. Rank in terms of how poor the decisions were from that is a clear fuck up by PGM L to yeah, we can see why that was given Havertz tackle Bruno punch
0: and Anthony Gordon goal. For me, Bruno, ta- the Bruno challenge is the top. I think Havertz is not far behind oh. minimally behind, but the, the Bruno one is clear and it is, I don't, I don't understand how that's not been picked up. I, 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 Surprised that nothing's been done retroactively. Mm. The Anthony Gordon one, like I said, I think I said my points fairly clearly. So clearly, I don't think there's anything else that could be done in that t- in that time and day. Mm. There's nothing else that could be done at that point. We don't. They don't have. They didn't have the cameras. They should, but they didn't. Yeah. It's not a thing. It's been implemented across the Premier League. It brings into question whether it will be implemented, mate. You've got international break in the next couple of weeks. Mm. That's a, that's a good time. Some it's got to, support. the yeah, the system either has to go full robots kind
1: of technology everywhere, all the lines you can possibly get, or scrap it all and go back to no VAR at all. Because uh, this kind of
0: like purgatory that they're we're just in. Trying, they're trying to make do, make it work with what they have.
1: like Yeah, we're in like this purgatory where literally
0: every single week there's a VAR headline. Mate, if you crazy. saw the state of our setup, yeah, outside of the frame, you'd be like, but every week we're trying to make it better. You know, we're not resting on our laurels. Yeah, but yeah. Um, one thing I
1: want to talk about. I oh know. What's your second point? My second point, mine's a bit more of a tinfoil hat conspiracy
0: theory. So maybe we should go
1: with you first and then end on mine.
0: I've seen a lot of people saying, "How have Arsenal got Aaron Ramsdale mm. replaced? Okay, Aaron Ramsdale, yeah, nice. and they ended up with two second tier second tier keepers." Yeah, I think poet said that. Maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah. Right, maybe he tweeted it. I think he said something like, how can Arsenal have two number twos? Yeah, No. well, yeah. Argue, I, they're not because if they if you go to like any team outside the top six, they probably start for it like most teams. Yeah, quite a few of the top six teams I reckon they start as well. They're not starting. I don't know. Chelsea, arguably, he walks into uh, both of them. Yeah, both of them, them for Chelsea. And
1: I say both of them walk into Spurs team.
0: I don't know. Vicario's good. Yeah, I do like Vicario. Vicario. You, you've got a bit of an agenda against Vicario. Which I shouldn't, because no he's reason. my Italian brethren. But... He's a real man. Yeah, come on. But he's uh, he's done nothing but disprove you this yeah, whole season. Yeah, it's, it's a Spurs thing. Yeah, so for me, I like him. Yeah, but who else? Does he start over Anana, who had a fairly decent game, actually? I think they both do, though. He started, he, he had a very decent game. And um, we
1: didn't in the tier list say they were above Nick Pope, but we've got actual heaters. For our Nick Pope
0: reggae. yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't like Nick Pope. Yeah, or no, they like him. no we've got a lot of people saying he's dog. Oh, I saw the opposite. Oh. I saw a couple of Newcastle fans saying he's won us many points this season. Oh mate, yeah, I have a read. There's a lot of haters, <laughs> but, but um, yeah. yeah, for me, it's it's something it that needs to be brought into question. Um, Raya for me is at fault for the whole goal, regardless regardless of if someone closed down Willock mm. on the edge of the box before he makes a crossing. Or if Gabriel shouldn't have dove or whether he's yeah. pushed or what. Ryan comes and flaps at it and puts yeah. Gabriel under that pressure. He's the reason Gabriel misses either misses the header or Jolinton Linton misses the header. Yeah. Because he flaps it and he does 100%. that a lot. He's done that a couple of times against City. He does.
1: But I want to preface this by saying there's a lot of times where I see crosses come in and he claims them so often yeah. and so regularly. And he is so much more aggressive at coming out and claiming crosses compared to Ramsdale. Yeah. So I think a lot of those chances that he is catching, those become bigger chances if Ramsdale's in goal. But yeah. I get your point.
0: But for me, it's I don't know. You, you let your defenders do that. He's come, If he's coming from... And that's not even, it wasn't even a hard ball. Mm. He, I just don't think he expected the cross or something. Because yeah, it's not far out from him. And he frats and he misses it by a good bit. Mm. For me, like... Your season might come down to the, this decision, decision by Arteta mm. to have the two-keeper switch. I don't know. It might come down to that. If you get rid of Ramsdale, and who's your backup keeper after Ramsdale? Karl uh, Hein. Yeah, if you get rid of Ramsdale, then I just think, it, it, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird situation. I don't know about the, the 45 million, was it? Is it for Raya after the Oh No, I think it's
1: like 28.
0: Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. But then that's like a number two keeper. You wouldn't go... Like, if you want a top three Premier League keeper, someone to compete with... But Raya
1: was. He had the best save percentage last season. He had best kind of ball-playing percentage. I think most clean sheets with David De Gea, but he was up there clean sheet. He he was a top three goalkeeper when we signed him.
0: Yeah, but he he wasn't in a team competing at the top Hmm. where Brentford are going to be conceding more opportunities than Arsenal. He's going to have to do more. Having that concentration throughout a ninety-minute game when you're not always active is something that you can't almost teach. Like Allison or mm. like Edison well, Allison is quality though. Edison, yeah. even Edison, to be fair to him, I think the second best keeper in the league by by. But stretch. I think he
1: took some time to get there. I don't think he immediately was that. I think Edison had howlers in him
0: for a while. Yeah, he did make a few mistakes, but Raya's had how many years of Premier League experience?
1: But like, are we judging him? You can say the same for Onana, He's been a top tier team, and then come to United, and we we need to
0: give him time to settle in. Do we? But I need think to Onana. Give him a... I think Onana. We called him out on it. I think Onana was making these mistakes at Inter. He was doing it at Ajax, getting caught on the ball all the time. Was
1: he doing this at Brentford, and we just
0: don't know about it because the spotlight isn't as harsh on Brentford? Potentially not. But how much as well? Like, do you, does Brentford's like good defensive performances in the past few seasons? sort of come into play where he's actually making a lot of saves he's he got like the best saves the mm-hmm. most saves in the league or whatever or like a great save percentage but the the like expected goal scoring opportunity is way lower because Brentford are conceding shots from a weaker area an area where goal, goalkeepers are less likely to concede from so there's a lot there's a lot of a deep dive but for, for me on the eye test it's brought in a lot of insecurity to that team Arteta's got to back him now.
1: You can't you can't flip flat round. I've heard rumours that Ramsdale feels like he's getting forced out because Um The Arsenal goalkeeping coach is Spanish, obviously Raya's Spanish, Arteta's Spanish, so they just converse in Spanish. And Ramsdale isn't isn't feeling as integrated. Yeah, I'll take potentially. what you want from that. Right. Tinfoil hat on. So Referees in this country uh, are taking breaks to go out to Saudi and referee out there. That's confirmed. For a payday. For a payday. That's happened. The the nation of Saudi Arabia, what team do they own? (laughs) Newcastle United. These referees want to play or referee in the upcoming Saudi Arabian World Cup. Are they getting a little back pocket deal from the Saudis? Let these decisions go in Newcastle's favour. We'll get you a job at the Saudi World
0: Cup. We'll get you a payday. I think the one of the worst things that ever happened to football was the in, the involvement of Qatari, Saudi, the oil money, basically. It brought into question the legitimacy of World Cup bids, how of Qatar and then followed by Saudi got World Cup bids, uh, winning World Cup bids. We're going to have another Winter World Cup now. Yeah, mad. We we gave it, fine, we gave it a chance. It Nowhere near as good as Brazil, South Africa, Germany, South yeah. Korea, man. I was about five years old for South Korea. They're
1: only saving grace, and what they'll cling on to is the fact that Messi won the World Cup.
0: That's like their
1: main promo piece. Fine. But and like, actually, just, to be yeah. fair
0: to them, really good integration of VAR there. I didn't mind the additional time, the extra twenty minutes we got every game. Yeah. It was fine. But that's but a there FIFA wasn't thing, a vibe yeah. around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, The vibe was so dead. It was a winter World Cup, mate. Sat at work watching this. Yeah, that's the like, deadest part, yeah. It's on a dead times for like half the world. You mm. you core nations of football, yeah? South America and Central and sort of like Western Europe. Mm. You're just completely abandoning them. Yeah, and we saw—is it Seth Blatter who got done for um, for taking backhanded bribes? Just like the secretary to, or like the second in charge of FIFA, he's like a Saudi bloke, isn't he? Yeah. So like, wh- where so is he coming from? Guys. And it's literally just money, money, money. Yeah, it's disgusting. And for your point about referees getting a backhanded pocket, my argument would be: Oh, it doesn't matter because it's. Um, it'll be FIFA who allocate referees anyway and they allocate a certain amount from... Oh, but FIFA but, are but, getting backhandies from Zavi. The, the geezer who's probably allocating the referees is getting backhandies. That's what I'm saying. So there is... There needs is... to be... Mate, there needs to be a clear out yeah, and get people who love football
1: in but charge. I'm totally... like, I, I get like, you can't abandon core nations, but I'm also totally for nations that haven't got a football heritage getting involved and making football culture their own. But... Like you said, not in this kind of way that it kind of just reeks of toxicity. But, but Saudi, and Saudi is less
0: of an egregious bid than Qatar. For oh, yeah, 100%. Because yeah. Saudi have qualified for World Cups off yeah, their yeah. own back. Yeah, yeah. Saudi have attempted to, to create a footballing league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, massively in the last year, hmm. buying all the dead players, but. Where where does it where does it stop? Yeah, because uh, uh, you're it's not even shout- where does it
1: stop. It's where does it start, and that all started from the Qatari bid. The fact that they let Qatar host the World Cup, that showed that money wins.
0: Uh, but then and then where's where does it stop? Because we're hearing shouts of Qatari, uh, Saudi teams playing in the Champions League. Mm. Mate, are you mad? Mm. Are you fucking stupid? Like it's one thing from going from traveling to Saint James's Park to like even I don't know like playing in Azerbaijan or something. Exactly, to go and the playing in Saudi Arabia.
1: They might be close, I don't know, my geography's pretty bad.
0: No, but, it, but even, yeah, it's still, so even still, it's completely different. <laughs> UEFA, yeah? European, the European Cup. He's spitting. Middle East, man. You're different, you're different. That's a different genre. That is a genre different genre. Of country. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tapped. Shout out Palestine. Yeah, just... Oh man, I, I don't know, just yeah. The referees in England stink as well. They do. So all you're doing, all, stop they, they giving. won't even want them because like they they're just
1: gonna stink up and
0: degrade the tournament. So, but
1: they just they get back handy money and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like your idea, but for it's me, not an idea, it's stone cold facts
0: from <laughs> your boy Mr. Mustache. Right, we spent half an hour waffling about actually not waffling, that, that was, was good. good. It was yeah, great was, points. Yeah, that was good. And, Let's quickly talk about another big upset that happened this weekend. Uh, Man United won Fulham nil. Damn! No, I'm, I'm talking about Luton Liverpool, really. Yeah, um, let's talk about it. We talk about Man United too much who, recently. Who, up to the 95th minute, were about to take the scalp of like the scalp of season. high flying Liverpool, <laughs> mate. This is like the scalp of a decade. Yeah, mate. Little old Luton. I saw this is, this is bigger than like it's a, like a big six team losing to like a League One side in FA Cup. Oh yeah, 100. This is. Because the FA Cup, anything can happen. We know that. But this is the Premier League. So this rate. is the Premier
1: League. Liverpool put out, minus Andy Robertson, their starting 11, strongest starting 11. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think Luton, I was watching this game thinking, I had my bets on, obviously. Um, I had Liverpool to run right. I had Salah to bag a couple, Darwin New to bag a couple. Luton went toe-to-toe with this Liverpool team. And in my opinion, for, I'd say, over half of the game with a better team.
0: Yeah, they didn't really create anything clear-cut.
1: Clear-cut, no. They were very good at negating Liverpool. uh, They negated Liverpool and were consistently catching Liverpool on the counter. Their transition was so good, so aggressive down Liverpool's right-hand side. And I want to talk about him again because we talk about him a lot. Trent Alexander-Arnold was getting targeted. I haven't seen targeting like this since USA went and got Osama Bin Laden. Yeah, Mate. They, they, Rob Edwards picked his man.
0: This was a, this was a Navy SEAL operation to but take how, down But how Trent. does this happen time and time again? And Klopp has no plan B in game to switch up. He, why didn't he say, right, they're clearly targeting Trent. Let's, Let's bring push Endo him in on. Or, or push him in field. Yeah. And they go to a back three.
1: Or even just, yeah, do that. Or take one of the three attacking midfielders you've got on the pitch take one of them off, bring Endo on and tell Endo to do what Jordan Henderson and Fabinho yeah. did and cover Trent. Yeah. Because Ogbené had Trent on toast this whole game. Mate, was he just, was hard done by he should have won the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> burning him for pace. um, Was doing Canate as well. Canate I, did, I thought was a bit ropey this game. So that entire right-hand side for Liverpool was just getting cooked. And if it wasn't for Alisson, I'd say a good two or three times, Luton could have been two or three clear.
0: Yeah, I thought Issa Kabore is a real good player. Yeah, I really like Issa Kabore. I think he's signed. Right? He had a really good season in the French league last year. So it was surprising to me when Luton managed to get him on loan from City. I thought he could have gone potentially to a more mid-table team. Yeah, um, or abroad again. Yeah, but for me, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he was, uh, his, and then, his and... ball for the Tahith Chong goal is, is, oh, is, yeah. a, is pinpoint. That counter attack is fantastic. But Liverpool clearly think. That, I think it's maybe a handball in the box. Oh yeah, the other end. Yeah, it's yeah. not a handball. No, but all the players are complaining And that comes and, from the manager. And Luton, by the time Van Dyke's realised that the game's still playing, Luton are up the other end of the pitch. Yeah, 3v2, yeah. Tahif so Chong scoring his first Premier League goal, his first goal for Luton. Um, brilliant. Another player that I thought was
1: really good, and he was probably extra up for it as an Evertonian, Ross Barkley. I thought he was
0: absolutely washed. Yeah. But he I mean, had a really got, good. Got, game. They, had, they started the game with Andrew Townsend and Ross Barkley. Yeah, Reeks. A that's, like, bit that's like that's like Prem from like 10 yeah, years like ago. Yeah, like Masters League or yeah. something. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I thought he was one of those signings that you just get in to have a bit of experience, but he's just so past it. He was actually running the midfield, very brave on the ball, which is what you need if you're going to take on Liverpool who press like animals. I think tactically,
0: Rob Edwards got a spot on. Yeah. Which and we I, said that, which, we which thought I thought he was quite like a good manager tactically. I think Burnley. And Sheffield United, their managers wouldn't have done. I think they they wouldn't have got it as tactically right as Rob Edwards, who so I think is mm. doing a fantastic job with what he has. Agreed. And I know you, you were gonna bring up a point about promoted team points. Ah, oh, yes. Shit. Do you want it? Yeah. Right. But so did you
1: see the tweet that I liked? Oh yeah, I forwarded it to Yeah,
0: team. yeah, I saw you You're sending up a Come on. It's so, own so we just
1: want to highlight how bad, obviously not the kind of weekend to do it because Sheffield United got a result and Luke oh, got a result.
0: Before we talk about this, yeah, you think you're the hard done by by VAR. <laughs> Gary O'Neill should have like executions of the, the yeah. PGM or back-to-back weekends. He's been on the wrong side of a VAR decision, which meant his team has gone and lost the game. Hmm. Did they lose against Newcastle? They did, didn't they? Nah, too all. Oh, it's was too all, yeah. But they dropped three points against Newcastle and a point against Sheffield United, which, yeah, it is outrageous. I don't understand how they've given that as a, fa- a penalty. Hmm. Fabio Silva is fair contestable. He sort of kicks into him. It, it, it's terrible. Gary O'Neill, I feel for you, mate. We Man. love Gary O'Neill. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually the biggest Gary O'Neill fan. Come on. Should be the manager of the season last season. Um Fewest points by promoted teams, 11 games into a Premier League season. Um, this is just to amplify how bad these three are. So the, after yesterday, I oh know Luton still have played only 10 games, right? Yeah. I oh no, Luton played 11 games now because they played Burnley midweek, didn't they? Oh, nice. In that few weeks ago. So I think they're actually on 14 points. So 2018-19, Wolves, Fulham and Cardiff got a combined 25 points, 11 games into the season. And that's the third least ever. That's the third least ever. The second least ever, Leicester QPR and Burnley in 2014-15. That's twenty four points. I believe we didn't ha- we had two points. <laughs> we had two points um going into the like the third week of October. Come on. Before we beat Sunderland with an Andros Townsend what guy. an Andros Townsend volley from like thirty yards. That's it was what he back- specialises in. Yeah, I remember that. That was quality. Um and so that then, was twenty five points and twenty four points. Twenty three, twenty four season. I now Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United, 13. I think it might be 14 now after last night. 14 combined points, 11 games into the season. 10 points less
1: than the second worst ever. They are like half as good as the worst ever.
0: Yeah, it's bad. That's bad. They, yeah, they're, they're minimum 10 points behind. That's, man, I don't know what to say. That's poor. It just kind of, yeah, it
1: shows the gap is crazy. Obviously, we can talk about how like, The other promoted teams, it's normally the three best teams in the league or in the championship. But like, this was the two best and then not coming for Luton, but a mid-table side Mm. coming up. But even Luton, I think, donating the most points to that thing anyway. So that point's invalid. It's just, yeah, it just kind of shows the levels between the championship and the Prem the levels of resources, Who, and then kind of actually how bad these three are.
0: So, yeah, we, we saw the season before last. We saw Burnley get relegated. We saw... Watford? No, I think that was the season where Villa scored, like Jack really scored that goal. Was, know, that was uh, offside. That was offside.
1: But, yeah, that was to relegate Watford, mate.
0: No? Yeah, but I think that was the season before. Oh. But I it was I. Burnley, was it Norwich? Yeah, maybe. And someone else. Fulham? But none of them have gone back up because mm. Burnley got relegated bounced back and the other two teams didn't. Mm. We saw um, Luton and Sheffield United did Sheffield United bounce back the first time? They did as well. So it was Burnley, Sheffield United, someone else and I think it was Norwich. But yeah, it, we, the championship this season is mad strong. Mm. Leicester, Leeds, Southampton. Southampton, Southampton yeah. That that's, they're, they're three names who
1: Ipswich, are really performing. Well.
0: Ipswich flying, drew two all against Birmingham. QPR obviously under Marty Sifuentes. Come on. It's going to be uh, a little bit of bull. in his chair back to his best. But yeah, it, it was nuts. Um, the Premier League. I think Bournemouth are very lucky that there's three worst teams in the league at the minute. Yeah, I agree because
1: they got absolutely turned over by Man City. I don't want to talk about it because that's just boring. Man City that good. I don't even want to talk about. Forces.
0: I don't even want to talk about Man United because we talk about. No, nah, let's talk about um, Nottingham Forest versus Aston Villa.
1: Yes. Who saw that coming? Result of the weekend, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, mate. Uh, Ola Ina what a signing he's free been. transfer crazy yeah I just think they were just so good like, that, Sangare in the midfield he's outrageous
1: I was at the WSL watching uh, Arsenal ladies beat Man City ladies and I had a bet on as, as we know um, Aston Villa to win Oli Watkins to score keeping an eye on the game and I had Ollie Watkins in my fantasy team keeping an eye on the game all I saw was the feed going by another chance for nottingham forest another chance for nottingham forest nottingham forest are on top dominating i was like what the fuck is going on here because i yeah. thought this was just going to be an absolute domination by my, uh, from Emery's aston villa
0: yeah i mean they 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 had a lot of chances villa are like, they just due one of those stinky games yeah i th- i think that they the games where if villa put a couple of the chances away mm. cuz it wasn't even a rotated team that's their strongest 11 that went out yeah i think
1: martinez had a... the early goal the shook goal. them
0: mm they didn't manage to, re- to reply quickly. So they sort of settled in. The second goal killed them off. Yeah. I think uh, Forrest took their chances very well. I think Forrest didn't make a lot of chances, but they were such a threat on the counter that Villa wouldn't wouldn't push players forward. Yeah, So they couldn't make use of their spare man. And for me, Steve Cooper, mate. What guy, we are uh, Steve Cooper
1: fans. We thought the Nottingham Forest were struggling a bit this season, but a stat I did see is that Points
0: wise, I think they've got one more point. They're better th- off this season than, than they were at this point yeah. last season. So and they've got a better squad. I think they've more had a settled, harder run. In. Yeah. They had like Arsenal at the beginning of the season. So I do think onwards and upwards for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll steer fairly clear of
1: a relegation battle. And onwards and upwards for Board Draw, mate. 5,000 subscribers. Thank
0: you for listening to the podcast. Episode number 70. In the can. Let us
1: know what you want to do for episode 100. Don't know when that's going to come time-wise, but... That's like 30 weeks away. It's flying. That's...
0: Yeah, it's flying. That's like mid of next it's year. Starting next season. <laughs> it probably <laughs> will be. Let us know what you want us to do. Yeah, guys, if you aren't already, like, comment, subscribe. Stay up to date with all of our stuff. If you do want to donate to our Movember cause, some Tash for Cash, um, yeah, we will have everything down in the description below. It all goes to a fantastic cause. It does indeed. A cause that affects a lot of football fans. Um, But yeah, ball draw, mate.